Thank you for your presence today. God cares for you. Be anxious for nothing. God shall supply all your need. Do not worry about what you will eat, drink, or put on. The promises in these words come from God. If we believe in Him, His word, and His promises, why do we worry? God has everything in control, just as He did yesterday, just as He will tomorrow, and just as He has right now. Listen closely as Pastor Randy encourages us to replace worry with trust. Have your Bible pen and paper handy. You go to bed with the television on, you wake up with the television on, you're all over the internet, you're with this friend and that friend, you're Mr. and Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Social Elite, you at all the sports games, you watch every college game on television, you at all the high school games, and then you wonder why you worry, because there's not enough of the word of God built up in your mind to be a defense system to keep worry from becoming a stronghold in your mind. Number four, why do we worry? Because of a lack of faith. Because of a lack of faith. Look at Matthew 6.30. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Ooh, God gave me revelation in this little passage here. Beloved, do you not realize that if God takes care of the grass, say grass. grass. When was the last time you ever thought about God taking care of the grass? You walk on it, play on it, mow it. <laughs> if God takes care of the grass, which has such a short lifespan, will he not much more clothe you, oh, you Maranathians? Of little faith. I got some good news for you. The God that grows your grass will take care of you. <laughs> you know, God, God, the, the grass, little lifespan. It grows up. Oh, grass getting too tall. Too tall. You go out, bush, and then you bag it up. Let the garbage guy, a lady, come and haul it away. And yet with that little life future of the grass that you like, you water it, you put fertilizer on it and all that kind of stuff, you know, and, and, say, and yet God says, now your life is worth more than grass. If I take care of a single blade of grass, you who are the crown of my creation, you who are made in my image, and my likeness, will I not take care of you? Why do we worry? Because of a lack of contentment with God. Because of a lack of contentment with God. Philippians 4.11 says, not that I speak in regard of need, I have learned in what, whatever state I am to be content. 1 Timothy 6, chapter 6, verses 6 and 8 says, Now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out, and having food and clothing, with these we shall be what? Content. Listen, beloved, when you live godly and become satisfied and content with Jesus alone, say alone. 
Not satisfied with Jesus and your technology. Technology, Jesus and your friend, Jesus and your pleasures, Jesus alone, your heart will be set at ease. Your heart will be serene. Your heart will be at rest. And your heart will be untroubled. Let me tell you something, my friends. If the Lord doesn't do another thing for you, he's already done far more than you or I deserve. Huh? I mean, go back to 1 Timothy 6, 8. And having food and clothing with these, we shall be what? How many of y'all ate? Raise your hand. Don't lie in God's house. You look too, you look healthy to me. I'm trying not to say fat and all that, but you look sizable. You look. <laughs> That's why we try to work it off. Can't let that bread go. Can't let that sweet potato pie go. That chocolate go. Uh, chocolate go. You know, you know, we. I'm. All of y'all, I see no nudity, no, no people in the nude in here. All of you got clothes on. Listen, could you be content with the Lord if the Lord told you to wear that same suit or that same dress for the next, uh, for every day in the year? Look how quiet y'all get. Do y'all think God is concerned about fall fashion, spring fashion? Summer wardrobe. Huh? Y'all think of winter, winter attire and y'all changing it in, changing it out. You stylish. Listen, you can just, listen, you can be just as mis, mixed match. How you, how you say that word? I'm saying it okay. Okay, you got it. As you can be. That's right. You got clothes on. We're not talking about the latest brand. Long as it's clean, wash them. Do you realize in the wilderness, Israel didn't have a closet? <laughs> they didn't have a choice. They washed, wore, put on the same sandals, and yet God did not allow their clothes to wear out. You know what? You, you know when God take care of you is when you can appreciate what God has given you and not let a sale move you to the store. That's right. That's right. Not, not let another sale move you to the store trying to find that bargain. Your closet's full. Your attic's full. Your backyard storage is full. Your, 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 your storage shed that you're paying rent on, you're paying more rent than the goods in the storage. And then come to church and won't even tithe. That's called mental confusion. Mental confusion. A lack of contentment. Let me tell you something, my friends. Contentment is not circumstantial. (laughs) It is not based on your circumstances. It is to have an inner tranquility from the Lord that surpasses human reasoning and surpasses human comprehension. When everything around you is falling apart, you still hold strong in Christ because God is your focus. That puts your faith in God on display. 
Your contentment is not to be based on your circumstances. Your contentment, if your circumstances fall all to pieces, layoff comes, money dries up, you ought to be able to say, I'm still at peace with my God because I know he's going to take care of me. And that puts your faith in God on display. Let me ask you this question. Is Jesus enough for you? If he is, why can't you be satisfied and not worry? If he's enough, does it have to be a bigger, better car? The, another, uh, I mean, I get sick of seeing when the latest gadget come out uh, around these telephone centers, they're wrapped around, they're fussing, they're fighting, they're stepping on each other. And what you have is already working. You just want another bell and whistle. Stop! When you going to stop? Who told you you got to buy a car every three years? Repair old Nelly and keep driving. <laughs> oh, God help me. Is Jesus enough for you? Why do we, uh, why do we worry? Because of a deficiency of the word of God in the lives of so many saints. Because of deficiency of the word of God in the lives of so many saints. Hebrews chapter 5 verses 12 through 14. Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. Look what the scripture says. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a babe, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You know what that verse is saying? Spiritual, spiritually immature saints will worry because of a deficiency of the word of God in their lives. If you're a spiritual baby, if you're still at ground zero in your life, if you're still on milk and not solid food, if you're still unskilled in the word of the living God, my friend, young people, you are going to worry. Why do Christians worry? Number seven, because of an inability to wait on the Lord. Because of an inability to wait on the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be wearied. They shall walk and not faint. My friends, let me tell you this. When we don't feel that God is moving fast enough, when we don't feel that God is moving fast enough, we take matters into our own hands, move ahead of God, and shipwreck our lives. I repeat, when we don't feel that God is moving fast enough, we take matters into our own hands, move ahead of God, and shipwreck our lives. How many of you have made quite a few messes because you just moved ahead of God Instead of waiting on God's timing to do what he wants to do with you. Have you, ever, have, you ever, have you ever messed up before God? And then God let that move ahead. He whoops you good. So you'll learn to wait on him. And wait when you don't understand. 
and wait when everybody's saying, why don't you do something? You said, because God has not moved me yet. Yeah. Moses said, God, if I don't have your presence, I'm not going anywhere. You see what I'm saying? So we, so we move ahead of God and not wait. Number eight, or why do we fail, why, fail to trust God? And why do we worry? Because we fail to trust the Lord for tomorrow and to surrender it to him now. Because we fail to trust the Lord for tomorrow and surrender it to him. Matthew 6.34 says, so, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. L- listen, you can't deal with today, so how are you going to handle tomorrow? In other words, trust the Lord for tomorrow and allow him to help you make the most of your today. You don't know if you're going to see the end of this day. You all in tomorrow, next week, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you into next year. And the bottom line is you could be in the ICU unit tonight. I got some news for you. Worrying about tomorrow will cause us to be less productive today. You way off into next week, next month, next year, and you're not being as productive as you could today because you are worried about your tomorrow that may not come. There was a funeral here just yesterday, just yesterday. A dear relative, his, his first day on vacation from Walmart, first day of vacation from Walmart, he cut his own grass. Then he decided to go cut his neighbor's lawn, but he needed some more gas for the lawnmower. So the neighbor, uh, delighted that his yard is going to be cut, goes and gets some gas, bring the gas back for the lawnmower for the neighbor who's going to cut. And he's on the grass, dead. Heart attack, died at 50. Huh? Now, when he, when he got up that morning, he didn't think he would be... In eternity, that same day, listen, you can only deal with today. And if you're going to be the most productive today, get out of tomorrow. I'm not saying don't plan. Don't, yeah, I know about the ant, you know, you, the ant go and all that. We ought to plan, but sometimes you can be so overindulging in your tomorrow that you can't live life to the fullest extent in today. Let me do about three or four more and then we'll be done. Y'all hanging with me? What happens when we worry? What happens when we worry? I'm going to do about four of these and then I'll just stop because that's all you can take. What happens when we worry? Number one, we become angry at God, ourselves, and others. We become angry at God, ourselves, and others. Job chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Then his wife, Mrs. Job, said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speak. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? Now, if you have your Bibles with you, every one of you should be underlining that strong statement that Brother Job makes. That is a profound statement because we like all the goodies at life. We, We don't think we should have trials and testings and hardships. But Job sums it up. Shall we, honey, bun, Miss Job, Lady Job, 
Shall we indeed accept good from God and shall we not accept adversity? Who told you you are not supposed to have adversity, adversity in your life? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. He didn't sin with his lip. He didn't throw a pity party. Number two, what happens when we worry? One becomes more vulnerable, vulnerable to receive and accept bad counsel. You become more vulnerable to receive and accept bad counsel. Psalms 1, 1a says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. And so if you're not careful, when you're worried, you'll go to some of the most no thinking people to get your counsel. Blind leading the blind. They're not in the word. They're not spiritual. They're just your sorrow. Your Omega Sapphire, Alpha, whatever you happen to be, your homeboy from the hood can compound your trouble. Huh? Be careful where you get your counsel from. If you want to be wise, you run with the wise. You walk with the wise. Let iron sharpen iron. Don't go to no fool for your counsel. And don't be giving your money to a psychic. I heard heard the story one time about this psychic. She was in the store, and she was telling the future on everybody's poem about their life. And so one guy got perturbed and said, "Uh, Miss Psychic, what what aisle is the sugar on? And she said, I don't know. And so he said, how do you know so much about folk lives? And can't tell me what all the sugar is on. <laughs> Psychics and mediums and all of these things. Listen, stay away from these things. You want to know the future? You don't go to no crystal ball. Go to the word of God. It tells you the beginning and the end. So one becomes vulnerable, vulnerable to receive and accept bad counsel. Number three, bad decisions are made because of worry. Bad decisions are made because of worry. We must place our trust in God and not man. We must place our trust in whom? God and not. When you worry, you make some of the worst decisions. Everybody with a Bible, it's something in here. Turn to Jeremiah 17, uh, uh, chapter 17, verses 7 and 8. Jeremiah chapter 17 Verses 7 through 8. If you got a Bible in the name of Jesus, please turn to it. Please turn to it. God's going to show you something. Look what it says. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters. See? When you got a tree by the water and get an ample supply of water, that tree becomes more productive which spreads out its roots by the river. Underline this. And will not fear when heat comes. Underline that. (laughs) You'll hear what I said. And will not fear when the heat comes. Let me tell you something. America is in heat. That's right. That's right. The ground is burning up with forest fires. Some places are being flooded out like Colorado. Huh? 
America is in heat. We're in time. Uh, the government funds are drying up. People are being furloughed. This is a time of heat. But the Bible says, even when the heat comes, you will not fear, but its leaves will be green. In the heat, you become more productive and prosperous because God is sustaining you and you're drawing your sustenance from him in the midst of famine. And look at this, and will not be anxious in the year of drought. In the year of drought. I mean, when everything began to dry up, when food prices go up, that old fruit that you buy that's not even sweets. When, 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 when things go awry, go awry and, and, and the drought is on in the land. And let me tell you something, America is dry. We're in time of times of spiritual famine and physical famine. But look what the word says. Nor will cease from yielding fruit. You know what that means? Even when the heat's on, the famine is there. I'm going to still bear fruit. In other words, I'm going to keep coming to the Lord's house to worship him. I'm coming back to Lord's supper tonight. And baptism. I'm going to celebrate what God is doing. In the midst of the heat, I'm going to keep doing what God told me to do. I'm not going to just go up, go out somewhere and hang my harp on a willow and be too sad to sing. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep doing what God, what got me here. And, I, and, I, I, and the task that God put on me, I'm determined to pass it because I don't want to go through a repeat course. And will not be anxious in the year drought, nor cease from yielding fruit. Finally, but not the least, what happens when we worry? It results in a loss of joy. It results in a loss of joy. Psalms 51, 12a says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Then I love Psalm 16, 11. It says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Let me give you my definition of joy. You know my definition of joy? Oh, God, God gave it to me, and, and I, I want to dispense it to you. You know what joy is so you can understand this? Write it down. Write every word down. Joy is an inner divine gladness. And deep-seated pleasure only given by God and is not dependent upon things or circumstances. You better write every word of that down. Joy. Joy is an inner divine, what? Gladness and deep-seated pleasure only given by God and is not dependent upon things or circumstances. Let me tell you something. When God gives you that kind of joy, there can be a furlough. There can be a marriage that's full of stress. There can be health issues. And the more these things that come upon you and, 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 and everything around you seem to be falling apart, or you, you just, you, 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 uh, your joy begins to increase. 
That's right. And you just start saying, blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. You Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Start thinking about how saved you are in Christ. Start thinking about how God has kept you through past storms. And the same God that brought you through a history of storms is God enough to keep you now. I like what Andre Krause said. I thank God for my mountains. I thank God for my valleys. I thank God for the storms he brought me through. If I never had a problem, I would not know that God could solve them. I would not know what faith in my God could do. But through it all, anybody here can say through it all? Can you say through it all? Oh, oh no, no, you, you ain't say it like you mean. Can you say through it all? Can you say through it all? Can you say through it all? Through it all means through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. And I've learned to depend upon his word. This joy I have, the world didn't give it to me. And because the world didn't give it to me, the world can't take it away. Joy, joy. I still have joy. After all the things I've been through, I still have joy. I sing because I'm happy. Anybody happy in here? Don't fool me. Is anybody happy? I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know that 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 I know. He watches me. And all God's children said, Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.